Hey everyone, it's Mr. Matt. After this story, please check out my collection of Mr. Matt originals featuring Bubba the Giraffe. Would you like to hear your name and favorite animal in a story that you helped create? People from around the world send ideas for adventures for Bubba to go on and even get characters named after them. You can find my original stories all the way at the top of my channel. Enjoy! Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. Matt's Storytime. Today, we're going to be reading part three of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And we're dedicating this one to our five-year-old friend, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Monday. This video game ban is a whole lot tougher than I thought it would be. But at least I'm not the only one in the family who's in trouble. Roderick's in some hot water with mom right now, too. Manny got a hold of one of Roderick's heavy metal magazines, and one of the pages had a picture of a woman in a bikini laying across the hood of a car. And then Manny brought it into daycare for show and tell. Anyway, I don't think mom was too happy about getting that phone call. I saw the magazine myself, and it honestly wasn't anything to get worked up over. But mom doesn't allow that kind of stuff in the house. Roderick's punishment was that he had to answer a bunch of questions mom wrote out for him. Did owning this magazine make you a better person? No. Did it make you more popular at school? No. How do you feel about having owned this type of magazine now? I feel ashamed. Do you have anything you want to say to women for having owned this offensive magazine? I'm sorry, women. Wednesday. I'm still grounded from playing video games, so Manny has been using my system. Mom went out and bought a whole bunch of educational video games, and watching Manny play them is like torture. What number comes after two and rhymes with three? Hmm. Three. Three. It's three, Manny. Three. The good news is that I finally figured out how to get some of my games past Rowley's dad. I just put one of my discs in Manny's Discovering the Alphabet case. And that's all it takes. Thursday. At school today, they announced the student government elections are coming up. To be honest with you, I've never had any interest in student government. But when I started thinking about it, I realized getting elected treasurer could totally change my situation at school. We cheerleaders are tired of riding to games in the same bus as the nerds in the band. Hmm, let me see what I can do. Here's a brand new limo! And even better, we jocks just need an air pump to inflate our only football. Hmm, yeah, sorry. Can't help you with that. Nobody ever thinks about running for treasurer because all anyone ever cares about are the big ticket positions like president and vice president. So I figure if I sign up tomorrow, the treasurer job is pretty much mine for the taking. Friday. Today, I went out and put my name on a list to run for treasurer. Unfortunately, this kid named Marty Porter is running for treasurer too, and he's real brainy at math. So this might not be as easy as I thought. I told dad that I was running for student government, and he seemed pretty excited. It turns out he ran for student government too when he was my age, and he actually won. Dad dug through some old boxes in the basement and found one of his campaign posters. I thought the poster idea was pretty good, so I asked Dad to drive me to the store to get some supplies. 
I loaded up on poster board and markers, and I spent the rest of the night making all my campaign stuff. So let's just hope these posters work. Monday. I brought my posters into school today, and I have to say, they came out pretty good. Do you want Marty Porter to be your treasurer? Hey, you're dropping all our money, you fool. Duh. Next poster. Remember in second grade how Marty Porter had head lice? Itch, itch. Do you really want him touching your money? I started hanging my posters up as soon as I got in, but they were only up for about three minutes before Vice Principal Roy spotted them. Mr. Roy said you weren't allowed to write fabrications about other candidates. So I told Mr. Roy that the thing about head lice was true and how it practically closed down the whole school when it happened. But he took down all my posters anyway. So today, Marty Porter was going around handing out lollipops to buy himself votes while my posters were sitting at the bottom of Mr. Roy's trash can. I guess this means my political career is officially over. October. Monday. Well, it's finally October, and there are only 30 days left until Halloween. Halloween is my favorite holiday, even though Mom says I'm getting too old to go trick-or-treating anymore. Halloween is Dad's favorite holiday, too, but for a different reason. On Halloween night, while all the other parents are handing out candy, Dad's hiding in the bushes with a big trash can full of water. And if any teenagers pass by our driveway, he drenches them. I'm not sure Dad really understands the concept of Halloween, but I'm not going to be the one who spoils his fun. Tonight was the opening night of the Crossland High School Haunted House, and I got Mom to agree to take me and Rowley. Rowley showed up at my house wearing his Halloween costume from last year. When I called him earlier, I told him to just wear regular clothes, but of course, he didn't. He showed up wearing Superman tights. I tried not to let it bother me too much, though. I've never been allowed to go to Crossland Haunted House before, and I wasn't going to let Rowley ruin it for me. Roderick's told me all about it, and I've been looking forward to this for about three years. Anyway, when we got to the entrance, I started having second thoughts about going in. But Mom seemed like she was in a hurry to get this over with, and she moved us along. Once we were through the gate, it was one scare after another. There were vampires jumping out at you and people without heads and all sorts of crazy stuff. But the worst part was this area called Chainsaw Alley. There was this really big guy in a hockey mask and he had a real chainsaw. Roderick told me the chainsaw had a rubber blade, but I wasn't taking any chances. Right when it looked like the chainsaw guy was gonna catch us, mom stepped in and bailed us out. That's not nice. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Mom made the chainsaw guy show us where the exit was, and that was the end of our haunted house experience right there. I guess it was a little embarrassing when Mom did that, but I'm willing to let it go this one time. Saturday. The Crossland Haunted House really got me thinking. Those guys were charging five bucks a pop, and the line stretched halfway around the school. I decided to make a haunted house of my own. Actually, I had to bring Rowley in on the deal because Mom wouldn't let me convert our first floor into a full-out haunted mansion. I know Rowley's dad wouldn't be crazy about the idea either, so we decided to build the haunted house in his basement and just not mention it to his parents. Me and Rowley spent most of the day coming up with an awesome plan for our haunted house. Here was our final plan. They enter through the Hall of Screams. They cross the Lake of Blood. They swing over the bottomless pit. 
They crawl through the rat tunnel. They find their way through a maze of a thousand skulls. They make their way through the knife alley. They dodge through hand hall. They slide down a slide into the acid lake and out the haunted house. I don't mean to brag or anything, but what we came up with was way better than that cross on high school haunted house. We realized we were going to need to get the word out that we were doing this thing, so we got some paper and made a bunch of flyers. I'll admit maybe we stretched the truth a little in our advertisement, but we had to make sure people actually showed up. Haunted house with live sharks. By the time we finished putting the flyers up around the neighborhood and got back to Rowley's basement, it was already 2.30 and we hadn't even started putting the actual haunted house together yet. So we had to cut some corners from our original plan. When three o'clock rolled around, we looked outside to see if anyone had showed up. And sure enough, there were about 20 neighborhood kids waiting in line outside Rowley's basement. Now, I know our flyers said admission was 50 cents, but I could see that we had a chance to make a killing here. So I told the kids that admission was two bucks and the 50 cent thing was just a typo. The first kid to, to cough up his two bucks was Shane Snella. He paid his money and we let him inside. And me and Rowley took our positions in the Hall of Screams. The Hall of Screams was basically a bed with me and Rowley on either side of it. I guess maybe we made the Hall of Screams a little too scary because halfway through, Shane curled up in a ball underneath the bed. We tried to get him to crawl out from under there, but he wouldn't budge. I started thinking about all the money we were losing with this kid clogging up the Hall of Screams, and I knew we had to get him out of there quick. Eventually, Rowley's dad came downstairs. At first, I was happy to see him because I thought he could help us drag Shane out from under the bed and get our haunted house cranking again. But Rowley's dad really wasn't that helpful mood. Rowley's dad wanted to know what we were doing and why Shane Sneller was curled up under the bed. We told him that the basement was a haunted house and that Shane Snella actually paid for us to do this to him. But Rowley's dad didn't believe us. I admit that if you looked around, it didn't really look like a haunted house. All we had time to put together was the Hall of Screams and the Lake of Blood, which was just Rowley's old baby pool with a half a bottle of ketchup in it. I tried to show Rowley's dad our original plan to prove that we were really running a legitimate operation, but he still didn't seem convinced. And to make a long story short, that was the end of our haunted house. The good news is, since Rowley's dad didn't believe us, he didn't make us refund Shane's money. So at least we cleared two bucks today. And that, my friends, was the end of part three of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time here on Mr. Matt's Storytime. Bye! Thanks for listening! If you'd like to help keep kids excited about books and stories, please consider supporting my podcast via the link in this story's description or via Venmo at Mr. Matt Storytime, altogether no apostrophe.